Because to be white in 1963, and I would argue still today, is to have the luxury, the privilege, if you will, of not having to know black and brown truth. You can be oblivious to the reality of people of color and suffer no consequence. Very, very segregated country. Millions of white Americans live in places where they rarely see anyone of a different race. You're listening to Your Neighbor's Hood, a podcast for uncomfortable culture conversations, specifically about race. Do your thing, Christina and Jackie. Okay, here we go. Ready? Ready. Okay. Hello, it's Christina. And Jackie. And this is Your Neighbor's Hood. So we're doing, what's good in the hood, Jackie? What's good in your hood? Well... Oh, oh, I wanted to tell you uh-huh. about what I did this week. Okay. So I'm trying to get my life right yeah. in my hood. And I just did a like a chore draft. Well, we call it a responsibility draft. Me and my kids, I sat down and talked to them about what's the difference between a right, yeah. a responsibility. I saw it on your Insta stories. Oh, yeah. Bad. We went into it. Of I course, like if I showed you Zahara's book, you will see that she took all kinds of notes. Oh, my gosh. It's so ridiculous. Hold on, wait, wait. How do you spell that? Let me document that. Like, I'm telling you. She, Dorena was like, "No, you're taking." Anyway, she was holding this up, so I had to make sure that I told her she had time to write all of this down. Yeah. By the end, but anyway, they're drafting chores, or drafting responsibilities, and everything's like shuffled around. Yeah. And I'm telling you, as the draft was going on, it's like the NBA draft. Yeah. <laughs> so as the draft was going on. Sahara realized she hadn't drafted her own bedroom. What? She needs to, because that's important. No. And I looked at her and I'm like, Zahara, you haven't drafted your own bedroom. I mean, you drafted your laundry because these are all responsibilities. And she was like, oh, I know. Why? Because she doesn't want to clean her room. Oh my God. She was hoping that maybe I would draft or that you would do it. So how does the draft work in your family for the chores? Okay, so like, first off, dad gets first pick okay. off top. Okay. So I had to call dad and go through all the yeah. the chores and be like, look, you need to pick. Because he's the bre- he's the money maker. Yeah. He's the bread. Right. So he should really choose how much he right. does or does not do. Right. So my husband picked his first. Everybody got a marker. So there's a board where I list all the responsibilities. Yeah. And we, um, I based it off who was the most attentive yeah. when we were having the conversation before. So Zahara got to go first yeah. and she goes through the list and she puts a little, her dot was like red. Yeah. She puts a red dot next to the chores that yeah, she that wants. she can do, yeah. Then it was my turn, then it was Duran's turn. Oh, and so we good. went through. And of course I skipped some rounds because I don't need to have as many right. responsibilities. Yeah. And they kind of got, it was just funny because... <laughs> They were like, you're skipping? Zahara's trying to make me skip around. I'm like, if you skip around, you get less responsibilities. You don't. So, (laughs) But she didn't get that. But no, neither one of them got it. But I was like, okay, be fair, be fair. I'm going to let you guys go ahead. But yeah, so we drafted. We went back through. And then we we do, we're getting back to the agile project management with parenting and stuff. So so every Sunday we reassess. Yeah. And then once you draft a chore... You get to decide if you yeah. want to collaborate with somebody on that chore. Oh, can you? Do you ask them for help? You have to ask them if you, if they would want your help. 
Okay. And, I love and that. then you get the opportunity to look at your list and decide if you want to ask for help with some things because it gives okay. people the opportunity to help you. Right. And then you have the opportunity to ask for what help. What is school? Like, that's such skill building, right? Yeah, because you got to know how to, you mean, yeah. we have to know how to disagree. Yeah. We have to know how to work together and know when we shouldn't. Right. So, Duran drafted the that. dishwasher. Yeah. Because you used to be like, Sahara put away the silverware, Duran put away the dishes. Yeah. And he's like, I'm so sick of her. <laughs> I don't want to do this with her. I was like, draft her ass out. <laughs> And he was like, yes, I don't have to. But this morning, he forgot to put away the silverware. I was like, Duran. He was like, oh, oh, I forgot. I forgot. <laughs> That's a great impression of him. Yeah. But, so. That's so funny. Yeah, we had the draft. That's so it was, cute. It was a good time. That's good. Now but he's they like. They know roles and responsibilities. Yes, because this is the thing, is that if you know, the, the problem I had with all of my sailors when I was dealing with them as they first came in is they knew all of their rights yeah they were like i can do this i can do this i'm like but you don't know none of your responsibilities of your privileges mm. so if you don't do your responsibilities did you know i can take away your civilian clothes privilege that's a know that oh yeah. yeah i've done it wow i didn't even know that was a thing um, no, they have to wear their uniform all the time right the uniform today is uniform today unless you're on liberty wow now when you're on liberty then yeah. liberty is also a privilege right because it can be taken away wow so it's like don't don't know that yeah so my kids were getting to the point where they knew all their rights mom you said i could mom you said i could i was like but what about your room but what about this right what about but i know i breed chaos so this is my way to stop breeding chaos that's amazing so what's good in yoga christina i love this i'm learning from you for when i have kids um so I'm really proud of myself. So I sprained my ankle like four months ago now, and I just did a 5K in a 10:30. Yeah, which is a big deal because when you're restarting, like I started from the bottom, truly. Like I was at a 13 minute mile like two weeks ago. I almost threw up. So <laughs> I was put. You know when you're on runs like that where you like push yourself, you know. But I really wanted it. So my goal is to get uh, under a 10 minute mile. And so I've been really working hard, and I did that yesterday. And it's just like a good feeling of accomplishment. Yeah, you know what I mean? Like you just feel good about yourself because running is so important to me. And I tried really hard to let go of the time thing, but it's hard. You know, yeah. it's it's a there's a pride thing, and like oh my god, I'm at a I'm at a walk run. <laughs> like, I felt like those old ladies that like you know like speed walk because that's kind of where I was at. Um, and then I've been tr- doing uh, I use a Nike Run app, and so I've been like training really hard and doing speed runs and fartleks and yeah what did you say a fartlek you never heard of that okay so it's it's kind of it's like a speed run um and it helps you gain your speed so you start out at like a um a 5k pace and then they and then you recover and but you know like a speed run you know you go fast stop recover you know like you do intervals yeah, yeah, yeah. a fart like it, it's weird i know it's i forget it's some european word i'm um, like fart fart what it's called fart f-a-r-t-l-e-k and so you start out really slow and then you build up to a 5k for like three minutes then you drop back down to like a slow pace and then you you keep building does that make sense yeah. and you do it for 28 minutes so it helps be build speed so but you did you knocked how I many did, minutes I, off like three minutes crazy so yeah. it really works um because you're just building your insurance let me say you sprained your ankle way back in uh, uh june 
I know, and it's just now, like, it's now where I can run. So I didn't know this, but I went to the doctor. It was a grade two sprain, so I had no idea what that meant, but it takes it takes about four months to heal. Mm-hmm. So I'm just happy to be back because that's my coping mechanism. Well, that is four months. Yeah, yeah. So I couldn't wear heels for most of that. She I lied. She was wearing heels all I the know time. I know I was. <laughs> hey! <laughs> I know, I, I know, you're calling me out. I wasn't sure. supposed to wear heels. I was not supposed to but wear But I'm heels. fancy, huh? I know, and I'd be like limping, <laughs> walking slow, like, oh, because it's so hard for me. It's hard. It's just my thing, you know, heels are my thing. So Fashion like, over everything. Yeah, exactly, right. So, anyway, that's what's good in my head. I'm feeling good. <laughs> feeling good. <laughs> so. So, okay, so we're going to transition to what this episode is about. Yeah, we talked about white supremacy. Yeah. I've been wanting to do this one for a while because yeah. you kind of have to lay the groundwork. It really does lay the groundwork for the work that we're doing. You know what I mean? Absolutely. As to why racism is still prevalent, why, what is white supremacy, and how is it still prevalent? Like, how does it, yeah, how does it society? I learned a lot. I did too. Yeah. I, I mean, I think I had a lot of epiphanies too. It's like, yeah. damn. It's I learned, everywhere. Not to give it a little bit away, but I learned that it's not just about people of color. It's, it really, it's very specific to class, to gender. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, I didn't realize, we'll let you guys hear yeah. that, but I always thought of white supremacy as, you know, just being about people. Like, about, color. it was only that the people hurt by it was as specific. Yeah. Yeah, 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 and it is. I mean, primarily, but and I'm not trying to make it about anyone else. Mm-hmm. But I just had no idea how specific it was. Yeah, it's again class, gender. I'm very proud of this in the sense of we did a lot of work. Yeah, there was a lot of like research and learning on this one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's almost it's kind of like it was kind of depressing, but I guess at the same time you can't fix something you don't know about. Absolutely, absolutely. So you're yeah. dropping in on us in this. Yeah. Why it's a Listen, we're trying to get better for you. Yes. For us. For us. Because we are in this together, y'all. Yeah. We're trying to give you guys good information. Hopefully we are. Hopefully we are. Let yes. us know by leaving us a review. Yes. Like, subscribe, comment. Yes. All what those things. Say? I think that's it. Yeah. All those things. Because yes. one, we appreciate this. And you. Two, we're like all neighbors. So yeah. talk to your neighbors because we want to talk to you. Yes. We might even bring you a casserole. Well, Christine, I'll bring you a casserole. <laughs> I'll bring you a casserole. I'll bring you some chillins. Or some mac and cheese. <laughs> so you some baked goods. Oh, man. Sounds good to me. <laughs> All right. Leave us a little bit good in the comments. And then if you really want to be helpful to your neighbors, go ahead and bring us a casserole by subscribing. Yes. And liking and iTunes, all that good stuff. You know what to do. Thank you. Do it for us. Yes. Because we love you. Thank you. All right. Here we go. Christina and Yes, and this is your neighbor's head. Yeah, we are talking about a big topic today. Yeah, this one's white supremacy. But you've been wanting to talk. About I have this been one. wanting to talk about it because it's different. I mean, it's, there's racism obviously in it, but it, there's it's different than institutional racism. You know yeah. what I mean? It's a very specific term. It has a history, and then it also has um, a place in society still today. Right, which is very. I think for some people, it's hard to believe 
unless you see things like the shooting with Dylan Roof or unless you see things like Charlottesville. I can't remember. Is racism a, what is it? What kind of, racism is a adjective, a noun? It's a noun, and racist would be like an adjective, you know, or, or racist or a noun. Is a noun. Yeah, because a person, place, or thing is a noun. An adjective describes a noun. Yeah. So, and it's a con. It's an it's a construct, but like white supremacy, what we learn to introduce it is it's like it's very specific. So you need to be white, which is loosely held. Uh, you need to be male. I mean, they, these are the things they value. Right. Christian, right. straight, and wealthy. And pro-patriarch. Yes, pro-patriarch. So Which is so crazy to me because I always thought of white supremacy as just like hating Jews and people of color. But if you really dig into it, the women have a very low place in society. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, even when we t- talked to Jason previously yeah we asked him what where do women stand yeah in this movement and he said he's our former neo-nazi yeah, we, interviewed we did an interview with him go back and listen definitely yeah. and it's like women are for keeping the movement going yeah. make the babies i think in the research the part that i didn't find that i'd love to know is like where is this born you know what i mean like where does this originate or like how do you wake up and just have this idea that white people are the superior race. I mean, it's it's it's. I don't. I won't. I don't have the answer to that. Right. But I'd like I'm to just think, asking rhetorically. Yeah, I'd like to think that it's ego. I believe that. Yes. I would like to think that there is a yes. group of people who really felt like they should have all the power. So yeah. by definition, white supremacy is the belief that white people are superior yeah. to though to to all other races, right. especially black race which should be therefore uh, that would and should therefore dominate society. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So what they're saying is we're we're better than everybody else. Yeah. And in America, it's Obviously, specific the the bit. If you were talking about the two big beefs, it's between blacks and whites. Right. But, That's how I traditionally know it. But it's work. white supremacy is is all of that. Right. It's all of that, like you said, straight. Right. Male. And then so we define what it is, and then they seek to establish white only spaces like pools, parks, and schools, restaurants, and neighborhoods, along with controlling uh, physical space. Yeah. And they envision white ownership of abstract ideas like knowledge and scholarship. Absolutely, because it's a... Go ahead. Yeah, no, it's okay. And I think for me, like, I guess answering my question, you helped me think about it, is like, it comes back from history of this idea that the white race is the most educated, that they are superior, and that we're actually, our DNA and our makeup... Biologically better. Thank you. Yeah. It's crazy. It is crazy. But it's it is it is the mindset of authority authoritarianism. Yeah. Am I saying that word right? That's a great question. Authoritarian. Oh no, I don't know. I'm gonna slaughter it with you. I don't wanna try. It is there's a sense of obedience and authority. And blind obedience. Blind at the expense of somebody else's freedom. Yes. Right? So like that I mean think oh, yeah and then we read too that it's always their right 
They're, it's always there. They're right. right. There's no room for discussion. There's no, like in a healthy society, ideally you want like diverse ideas. You right. want good leadership, you know, is where you want people surrounding yourself with people that are different, that are better than you, that question what you do right. in a healthy that, way. In a healthy way. And a diver- like a divergence in, of like topics and asking questions and, you know, and questioning within reason you're the people in charge. Yeah, but instead you... you I listen at least in listening to what it what it means fundamentally and what people nowadays say is like no it's it's about my history it's about this thing it's about no white supremacy is about the preservation of power yeah over over everything and anyone over everything and anyone it's a standard that white people are the model of excellence excellence when it comes to and white Science males. And yeah, everything. Like, you're the... If we were to put a perfect picture, which is why Jesus is white, yeah. that's not a coincidence. Right. Right? It's painted as white. But... I never even thought about that until I got to high school, and then people pointed out, like, he was from the Middle East. <laughs> he would not have bright blonde hair and blue yeah. eyes. It, yeah, it's not. It's not about preserving right. people's individual history. It's about keeping power. Well, and then that's how you saw white supremacy keep its place is like within lynchings. And I forget, like, there was a time period where they had lynching, lynchings going on. Okay, so 1888 yeah. and 1918, 2,500 black men and women were killed. None of the killers were arrested. Why would they be? I can't even. I know, but that's like, I can't. Why would they be? I can't wrap my head around that, like, living in a time like that. And I often always wonder, like, because I always ask myself, like, what side of history would I be in? Not that I would be for lynchings, but but would I have the courage to speak up? Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I mean, but your life would be threatened, too, so you'd have a lot right. to weigh. Right. Yeah. It's... And then I often wonder today, you know what I mean? Like, what are the lynchings of our day? And I... Are they, I've often wondered, are they the shootings? Are they, of, you know, and, and do I do enough? The lynchings of our day are almost exactly the same as the lynchings that they right. were before. Right. I mean, when you talk about policing right. in neighborhoods, that's a form of lynching. When you talk about districting with schools and with uh, deprivation of resources, that's your own, that's white supremacy's own way of putting the chokehold on certain communities. Yes. Right. Yes. In a sense. Yes. And speaking of that, okay, so I will love to tell the stories. I remember when I bought my first house, you know, I remember there was my real estate agent didn't, she didn't know it, but she was suggesting not to go in certain neighborhoods because of the dangerous, mm-hmm. that it was dangerous. And that's called redlining. And, and that was like a small form of what used to happen. But I remember when we first met, you told me you couldn't have bought your house. No. There's no way I would be, if I was around when this house was built, I would not be allowed in this neighborhood. When was your house built? Even escorted in 1917. So even if I was escorted, the deed says it. Yeah. I should actually post a picture of my deed. You should. And (laughs) so then it's, so then too, like the redlining laws, um, so... So interesting. Right. And banks wouldn't give money yeah, to people. That's what I was looking like, at. It is, it is so deep. And they that tried the, to keep them in uh, the cities. Right. They said, so they, like you said, they boxed, we'll just say this is, right now we're talking about a black and white issue. Yeah. They block, they box black folks into certain areas. Right. And then they said, oh, you want, you got the opportunity to come out of that area? No, we're going to make it so these banks won't even give you a loan loan. to come up out of. And that's why I feel like white supremacy has 
has created and reinforced certain stereotypes. And even just talking about the housing piece, I would recommend um, Netflix has an original series called Explained. Hmm. And one oh, of the yeah, episodes... News, I think. Yep. Yep. And so one of their... their um, one of their their episodes has is talks about the the racial wealth gap, mm. and that was only created by white supremacy. Right. You even have people from like Cory Booker who went off the rails recently mm-hmm. for me, but Cory Booker's telling about telling his story about how it affected his his family and how it influenced his family. It's just like these are real things that have created the stereotype that black women are naturally poor and have all baby, all these babies that they can't take care of. Well, I loved, you brought this up once, so when white people have seven or eight kids, it's like, oh, that's a lovely... The Dugards! Yeah, 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 yeah. They're a lovely Irish Catholic family, and oh, that's just, you know, that's just... And then when a black family has six kids, it's assumed that they're on welfare. Well, I just was reading in my research, it was like, if... um. It was like if a poor black woman had a child, they would assume that she shouldn't even have children. You know what I mean? Like right. that she shouldn't, that because she wouldn't, she's like less fit to care for children. Yeah, even if we talk about, I think we read the same thing where we, if we just talk about what white supremacy has done to women in general. Right. You need to watch Roe versus Wade. Right. We talk about forcible sterilization. Yeah, of Native American and women. Native women and, and, and up until the 70s. Yeah. I mean, I get Netflix, because I be Netflix and chilling by myself. <laughs> Reversing Roe talks about how women had to go into a board, in front of a board of men, to be able to get a... Uh, to get an abortion or to terminate a pregnancy, whether it was for their health or not. However, wealthy white women were afforded the opportunity to do a therapeutic abortion because it either... What is that? Well, I might kill myself if I have this baby or I don't want this baby because, again, white supremacy is pro-patriarchy. So it's not just about pro-wealth, pro-patriarchy. You know what I mean? Like, don't... Let's not forget that they said... uh, it was a court case that was in one of the articles. Um, what was it? Uh, where the court's case was uh, determining, uh, they, they, it pretty much said that poor white people were imbeciles and that um, they should, it, it, it validated sterilizing poor white women. <laughs> because, let me get the court case. Yeah. Because it's, it's not even funny. But it's like, but it's what so ridiculous to even think about. So, Supreme Court case in 1927, uh, Buck versus Bell or Ver- Buck v. Bell uh, validated steril- sterilizing young unmarried women all the way into the 70s. Of course, it was targeting certain groups of people, as you mentioned before, Native American women, right. because white supremacy said that well, they were Native supposed American to be women savages. Was, they're savages. They're terrible. They're and all they're gonna do is raise savages. Like these are messages that cross. And they get passed down. Yeah, absolutely. And they stay in place. And that's why, because I think people hear white supremacy and they think, well, that's a thing of the past. But if we don't, there's two things. If we don't study the past, we don't see how it affects now. Mm-hmm. And I think we don't realize how prevalent it still is. It still is. And how with white supremacy, you keep stereotypes in place and stereotypes are dangerous. Yeah, can be dangerous. They're, they're super dangerous, which leads us to like nowadays... Who's who's at who or what machines are keeping white supremacy 
a yeah how, a giving relevant it a, relevant giving it giving it space. Well, I think too you see like there way we learned from Jason Downer, the former neo Nazi, that they are dumbing down not dumbing down but watering down the message so the alt right will water it down so it becomes more uh, palatable to right. more people because because. Thankfully, there are some places we have made progression. You know what I mean? Like, a lot of what was normalized back in the day is not anymore. Bruce is just... just, It's like every podcast, we're going to take a Bruce break. Bruce, what do you want? He's at your computer. Hi, buddy. Because he wants love. I'm not paying attention to him. What do you want? Oh, buddy. Oh, buddy. Hi, buddy. Um, so what keeps it in place is, I mean, messaging and ideology, yeah. right? So, and we covered this as too. You said you have to reach children. So in order to keep things in place, you know, we talked about this too, when we did an interview with, um, it's coming out with a sociologist is when you don't live in diverse spaces, you get reinvented. And, and this was so good. To, I mean, this, she, you know, backed up this idea, but it keeps the idea that white people are better because, I mean, this is not going to sound bad, but it's like, even how I grew up, like, okay, we saw the all white people, it was it. And then downtown was dangerous. We never came out and said that it was because of black people. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, it was primarily black. It was yeah. probably more a breakdown of 50-50, yeah. but when you would go downtown Cleveland, you would just see black people, and it was, mm-hmm. those neighborhoods were dangerous, and they lived in poverty. And the, the, you know... And it was stereotyping an entire race. There Absolutely. was no right, there was... It was these people. Yeah, it's like even saying that. It's like I hear the blacks. I think that is so weird when people say that. Is that weird? When people no, say it's the blacks. Really weird. Is it weird? But it's like the effect or the influence of white supremacy is. It's in everything. Yeah, we it's do. everywhere. It's in the medicine. Mm-hmm. As we went to an event and we talked about yeah, medical it's racism. It's in the medicine. It's in that could be a whole episode. It's in the politics. Yeah, it's in the real estate. It's in everything that would cause what everything that you would think that you would need to succeed. White supremacy has a hand in 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 yeah. morphing the idea behind who is good at it, who should have it, and who should not. And also, if look at it, politics. I don't oh, even know the breakdown of the statistics, but mm-hmm. it's so. If you just look at how many white men are still in office, oh my God. Um, and that's how you. That's why me and you also believe and are so passionate about politics. Is that you need people that look like you and me in politics because th- then you have white men are setting our policies, you know, and they're not re- reflecting the actual population. I think too, and this is maybe controversial in a sense is that I feel like the way white supremacy takes hold of politics is because it has it has given poor white people the belief that at least they're not black right it has also given that's how they separated us isn't it oh absolutely yeah because when I look at politics I look at how politics and the media come together how they intersect how they intertwine how they're almost like one in the same and it is like we can't not talk white supremacy and not talk about the way our government is structured the way right. way news right. is fed to right. us and these people that have been in position since Forever. the 70s right. since all this stuff was you know what i mean like we can't not look at that a lot of these men that are making decisions 
we're around in an era where we're just using this historical facts. Yeah. We're using the 70s as historical And if facts. they're not doing the work to unlearn, the, you know what I mean? That, that, that made me even think of it. If they're not trying to unlearn things from the 70s, then those ideas are still going to be prevalent today. I mean, like straight up, it's like now, I mean, I don't know what's shifted, but we also have those people that can now say, hey, yeah, I'm, oh, I'm white nationalist. Yeah, I'm running. <laughs> well, yeah, didn't we see that recently? Someone well, we're came in the out. state of Virginia yeah, yeah, yeah. and we have someone running in a national race that is like, has true ties to um White supremacy or racism? To organizations that believe in white supremacy. Yeah. And are not afraid to say it, you know? So there's, like, these different brands, as you kind of talked about before. Yeah. Um, that is, like, what? How do How can we... How can we be in a place where we're trying to move from the idea that white is only right? Right. When we have people that are playing a game our political system that has not the best interests of a group of, of white people and of, of women. Right. <laughs> like, so I found this. I was looking. Um, the figures give you an indicator of who holds the So just as another breakdown of this, who, who holds power. Okay. Congress is 90% white. Governors, 96% white. Top military advisors, 100% white. President and vice Let's president. Let's say that's in the cabinet. That's yeah. like military advisors to the president. Yeah, good. I'm glad you said that. Yeah, yeah, right. Um, current POTUS cabinet, 91% white. People who decide which TV shows we see, 93% white. People who decide which books we read, 90% white. People who decide which news is covered, 85% white. People who decide which music is produced, 95%. Teachers, 83%. College professors, 84. Owners of men's pro football teams, 97. I just thought that was such an interesting thing because when we say that it's all around us, it is. You know what I mean? That shows that is every level of anywhere that you are, right? So we covered politics. We covered media. We covered books. We covered even sports. Yeah. And education. And education. Which is the huge piece. So let's even go to that. I mean, it's so true. I've never had a... I was thinking about that because, you know, you start to, after doing this work, you start to think things through. I've never had a person of color as a teacher of mine. Not once. In, from grade school to, mm -hmm. and I mean, that's just, is what it is. It's telling. Yeah, even in my college experience, none, not, nothing. Um, And I didn't know to seek that out. At a younger age, right. because I wasn't raised, you see, and that's what—that's why this is so important. It's so important to examine these things, and it's so important to seek out diverse experiences. Yeah, it's there because to be. I think I, there's another picture that I had of like the different rankings of what keeps white supremacy in place, and at the very bottom uh, was indifference. Right, you said that several times. Yep. That the worst enemy you Yeah, Ellie Weisel. Is Ellie or Ely? Ellie Weisel says that, but it's like something about that, like where it's it's apathy. It's yeah. just not knowing. And I think apathy also comes with ignorance though. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, I mean at this point in life in time I charge people that like we can no longer be ignorant and there's so many free resources that it, there's just not an excuse. Let's Ignorance is now a choice. Yeah. That's, this, thank you. That's exactly what I'm trying at, to say. At this juncture, like, if you are if you don't know, then it is because you, 
you've got to consciously, consciously choose not to know. Yes. So if you're only consuming, um, and this is both sides of it, right? Yeah. So if you're only consuming Fox News, Breitbart, and if you're only consuming um, CNN, and I can't think of another... You know, if you're only consuming these things and not looking outside of your so then you're you're getting all these things are reinforcing yeah. your own beliefs. You no, know, and I what I can hear too is like the average person that even listens to our podcast are saying, Great, like okay, I hear what you're saying, but how do I dismantle dismantle it? I think it doesn't come with so look, change takes a long time. And it doesn't come with power. Like, I think people, what they think is when we dismantle, like, we dismantle big things or when we see big shifts mm-hmm. in um, society, it's taken small acts, right? Mm-hmm. So even, so I'm just trying to say is, like, don't underestimate trying to diversify your network, mm-hmm. trying to look at your Netflix feed and seeing how many, you know, films are you taking part in that are from people of color? What, how many books and what are you reading? Right. Um, being aware of other people's plights, being yeah. aware of how. So when I did your campaign and then kind of really dive, dove into this work, the biggest eye opener for me was that my white privilege, I knew what white privilege was, but I didn't, I wasn't seeing how somebody else lived such a different reality. Right. That's it. You know, and so I think I would just challenge people. I guess I did my so what now what? I'll have to come up with another one. But, but you know, it would be, it is just being aware. And that's where you start. Yeah. Because um, white privilege allows so many people to not even have to review this stuff. And it also allows yeah. us to think that white supremacy is something of the past. It is not. But we're still living in the after effects of it. But please review the past. <laughs> like, yeah. But please look at the past. Because right. it's not white supremacy as a whole is not a it's not it leaves no one out if yeah you exactly mold, that's what I'm trying to you see. don't fit the mold if I you mean, are not checklist let's go through it again right yeah if you're not male, straight straight if you are not middle class or wealthy if you are not well educated if you're not a man if you're not pro patriarchy yeah or Christian yeah white supremacy nobody falls like you nobody literally I mean that's like none of the population which to my question is some of it what the hell does white supremacy so if that what do they what do they want the rest of the population for us to do to follow their lead right because we said that too they know what's best because they know what's best oh my god consume my culture consume all these things and it's not like it's I was looking at um um like trying to because you always said like we don't want to make it a black white thing, but I was looking at the the one of the articles was talking about how Chinese Americans. Yes, I saw that too. Like put them in the internment camps. Yeah. Well, and like and during World them. War Two, we wouldn't take Jewish refugees. Oh hell no! Like no, why? I didn't even think of that. Do you know what I'm saying like it was, and it's it's all behind the idea that white men are the best people. <laughs> And, and people, so roll, people roll their eyes, I think, especially at this point when people say dismantle the patriarchy. Like, I will admit that, but then it's like... But, again, we're using some good sense. There is a good... It is not dismantle the patriarchy because they're men. Right. No. Right? Like, I never... Again, I say, you listen, listen to people, but please believe the facts. Right? Listen to people. Yes. The patriarchy does 
need to be more collaborative. Mm-hmm. But why? Right. And so history will tell you why it needs to be that right. way. Not just because men are dumb. Men are evil. No, and that's no. why I will admit, like, I've had a hard time aligning with the, not to get off topic, but, like, no. with the feminist movement. But I'm not, because you But you are now. a feminist. Your own right. version Absolutely. of it. Absolutely. And your neighborhood, though, is not here to tell you that no. white men are the devil. Because I think what happens is with the white men... Where people start to see and get afraid because they see when we say dismantle, we're not saying that we're not, I'm I'm not on the brand of feminism that's, because it's very the same as white supremacy to say that all women have the answers. That's why in this movement, I get angry because people say, well, women are the answer. Hell no. No, I'm still flawed. I'm still not the smartest person just because I have a uterus. You know what I mean? Absolutely. So we're just saying that women need a seat at the table. Absolutely. more people of color need a seat at the table. Exactly. We're not asking white men to leave. We're just saying, hey, no. give us our equal share. And I don't want a ger- I don't want a gerontocracy, right? I have yeah, a problem. You brought that with, up too. I have a whole issue with it. And I brought up Mitch McConnell, but I'm I'm an independent. So I have the same problem with what's her name? Like Nancy Blue, like mm-hmm. these people, you're Older folks mm-hmm. who were here doing so, I don't believe in your ability to create a problem solve mm-hmm. because you've been. Sometimes you've got to remove yourself and be wise. A man said to me recently, he was like, "There's a some things going on." And he was like, "Jackie, understand this: age is for wisdom. The youth are for war." Mm-hmm. And so, when I look at the political side of things, the the news side of things. The religious side of things, because that's a whole nother piece we didn't even touch. It's like we have people that are telling us who and what to do and believe that are not living the same realities that we Yeah, have. exactly. And that's why you need a diverse population in Congress. And if we just like look at what we read, 96% of governors, 99% of yes, Congress. in Congress, in, in media, 2018. and in faith. Yeah. In faith, because we've yeah, got... good point. We've got people... And gender and <laughs> and and uh, gay, straight, yeah, mm-hmm. that that are yeah, absolutely. And it's I can't even I can't even because I don't I don't want to I I don't intend to offend anybody. But my biggest struggle with the piece of it that gets touchy, which is religion, is that I know that Christianity has been used to oppress groups. It of just said it had. Yeah, I mean, I'm not yelling at you. <laughs> I'm like, Jackie, it just... No, but I mean, it's said that unless you are Christian... Fuck you. Yeah. (laughs) And I'm I'm not saying to also our listeners that are Christians, I'm not saying that all Christianity is like that. And I would say modern day Christianity hopefully has gotten better and more inclusive. But you just have to look at the history of it. You have to listen. And you have to listen to... There are still pastors out there preaching that... European culture is the only culture yes. that is blessed. Okay, yeah. That's I mean, that goes back to, I was listening to podcasts with um, the Mayflower Compact. And just in the beginning of like 1600, the Puritans had, I mean, Chris, they, there was no separation of church and state. Right. So Christianity was the end-all, be-all. And right. so if you fell outside of that, then you were, you're done. I mean, truly, you know, you're listening to like the Salem witch trials, which, you know, is its own thing. But it's just the idea of going back to like Christianity is it and white and Christian and being white. Yeah. I I mean, it started there. Yeah. And if Jesus is love, then 
then, then there's no place for that. That's such a good point. Do you know what I mean? If, if Jesus is love and we're turning the other cheek. To hear a Christian that is a white supremacist or they say they're a Christian. Then how do you object. validate the new? That's what I'm saying. So what does the New Testament mean to you? Mm, that's Right. That, that is what I'm Jesus with. dying on the cross. For all of us sins. Yeah. But, you, but like I said, you do have religious leaders out there that will preach, that will, will you know, it's, it's a book and it's left up to one's own interpretation. Yes. And you get to choose who you follow That's so on that true. journey. So know that, that that too is a choice. And and I don't know very many people outside of my husband who have read the Bible from beginning to end. I have. I had to. to but yeah, yeah. But from beginning to end yeah. and are able to apply it to all things. Oh, yeah. No, I can't. I just don't know. So like it's we're we're hoping that these people that are leading us in news, in in I mean, in media, in politics, and in faith are these SMEs, the subject matter experts, to help us apply. And when those things go unchecked, things like white supremacy yes. can and if you learn anything from this podcast, which we hope you do, but uh, critically think and challenge those in authority, <laughs> right? Yeah. I mean, truly, like you listen to us. Don't take what we say for, I mean, fact all the time. But yeah. I mean, we do our best to present. We all try the to, but I'm just saying, like it. You have to always dig deeper in everything. Yes, and the fact is, is we're in a time, thirty nine percent of white Americans believe that they are under attack. Yeah, and what is it? Thirty one percent of them. um, believe that they have to protect and preserve European heritage. But on the flip side of that... Where is it going? Where's our history going? But okay. But that was in a a records poll. But 89% believe that all races should be treated equally. People. So it's really tough when we don't get close... To history. history. <laughs> How does this make you feel as a person of color when you read these statistics, when you see this stuff? Because um, you know, I'm coming at from it from my perspective. But what would, I mean. As a black girl. Yeah. Living in an interesting world. <laughs> no, I, I get upset a little bit, but then it's not so much as, it, to me, it, it reinforces the urgency to do my job yeah. with my citizens. Yeah. It, it your re- kid citizens? Yes, or my your, kid citizens. Yeah. Because I feel like, and, and be the best example that I can be. Because I know that in my tiny little circle, uh, my little village, is that we each are thought leaders on different things. Mm-hmm. So when it comes to this sort of stuff, they're looking at me like, Jackie, what say you? And when it comes to like hair stuff, I'm looking at another girl like, hey, what say you? Do you know what I mean? But I know the level of responsibility that I have within my little village. And when I read this stuff, it's like, shit, I can't afford to not be on my game. Because any misstep, any misword, I am, I could become a person that reinforces something that I don't mean to reinforce. I would steal that too, as a white person, I'm starting to see now that I know everything that I know, I can't not use my voice and our, mm-hmm. and our podcast and quite literally your neighbor's hood, my neighborhood to have these conversations right. to challenge people. And I will say it is hard. <laughs> I mean, I know I've been around completely racist comments and even since I've done this work and not said anything 
right? Yeah. Because it's it's hard. Mm-hmm. And it's like, and I and I'm not saying that I'm correct. I'm just saying that this is not an easy topic. It's not. Because I also find that I feel like I'm not qualified to say anything. Yeah. Does that make sense? Like, yeah, I feel like sense. I'm like, you not, need to be a professor. Do you feel like you need to be yes! an educator? No. I go through and that that's all the, the time. That and is I'm not armed. I've said I want to have my little note cards. You know what I mean? Because we live in such an era where we throw around statistics mm-hmm. and it's such. So I think we stay silent as white people because we don't even know what to say. Mm-hmm. That's, that's both. That, and that cannot be. That can no longer be a reason. No, absolutely. Because and that's what I'm saying. I'm holding myself accountable to it. Mm-hmm. But it's just not easy. And that's why I'm telling other white people, too. It's it's really, when we hear racist things, like, don't underestimate how harmful it is. Yeah. So I would, I would ask this. Um, of you as a, a European-American. Yeah. <laughs> How would you urge other people to spend their privilege? Yeah, well, one being aware that you have it. I unfortunately, um, we're still at a place where that's even a touchy subject. Mm-hmm. Uh, understanding what white fragility and white privilege is, and understand that if you get angry at the word white for, or white privilege, that that's white fragility, which could even trigger more anger. More, mm-hmm. And the anger's okay. We've said that. I've said that before. It's just what you do with that anger. And it's okay to be uncomfortable. Like, literally, that's why it's our tagline. We have uncomfortable conversations mm-hmm. about race. And so it's about it's about having those conversations uncomfortably and sitting in it and even not aligning yourselves with people that have racist views. It's yeah. hard. Don't I mean, don't get me wrong. But, I mean, I'm not perfect at it. There's times where I do speak up and there's times where I you don't. Know. Yeah. And I'm human. Yeah. I can't. I, I'm not giving myself an hour. I'm just saying it's difficult. It's difficult. Yeah. So if I was looking for a way to um, combat white supremacy Man. as a European American, where 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 did you start? Where was did it I through start? a book? That's a great. Was it through? Um, or what do you do well, honestly, now? To I mean, it's completely honestly. A lot of it's our friendship. A lot of it's being a minority. Like I put myself in spaces where I'm a minority. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Because if I when I, when you live a completely white experience, you you're just you're you're not even knowingly you're not even trying to not know. You just don't know what you don't know. Mm-hmm. You know. So a lot of it's trying to have conversations and just shutting up and listening and being. A lot of it takes being open. Yeah. It takes getting taking your ego out of the way because I know with a lot of white people, they like to say, and I'm trying to educate on this as much as I can. Well, I don't have white privilege. I grew up poor. It's not about that. It's just you grew up. There's not systems in place that keep you. Yeah. You don't. You weren't redlined. Your grandparents weren't redlined, which means they could get mortgages out. They could buy homes. They could build generational right. wealth. You know what I mean? Yeah. There weren't systems in play that were keeping them. So it takes just even having an open mind. So knowing that you've benefited from white supremacy, yeah. even though you don't fit the bill for it. Yeah. You, you do, and you still do. And you still do. And honestly, just listening to people of color's uh, experience, because honestly, I know as white people, a lot of us discredit or discount. I don't I can say I haven't done that. Like, I think that's where I started was like just hearing lived experience and being like, I had no idea. I'm late to the game. But also 
you're late to the game, but don't hate on yourself because guess what? That doesn't do anything. You know what I'm saying? Like yeah. hating on yourself and being angry. I mean, because I feel like that too. I'm like, God, where was I? You know what I mean? Like, what have I not been paying? That doesn't do anything. No. You can get angry for a second, but then where do you go? So I would say one book that talks about what you're talking about, mm-hmm. lived experience, just in a conversational way mm-hmm. is Between the World and Me. Yeah, Thomas uh, Coates. Yeah. I was just thinking that yeah. I've been wanting to read his book. Oh, yeah, it's because it's very... Do you have that book? Yeah, I know. I, I have it on audiobook. Okay. But it, it is very... Or maybe I do have it. Okay. I may have gifted it to my son. Okay. I'll have to... Check for me. Yeah. I'm pretty sure I'll check. But it is talking about lived experience in a very conversational way. Mm-hmm. What else do you read? The girl, I can't remember her name. Oh, Austin Channing Brown. Austin Channing Brown. She's from Akron, Ohio. I mean... What was the name of her book? I can't remember. Oh, my God. It's... Let me Google it. Why can't I think of it? I, I We just read it. It just came mm-hmm. up. We got to do our book list. We were... Yeah, I should do that. I should do a whole book. I'm, I'm, I think we should... I think we should do a little series. Each book. I'm still here. I'm still here. Black, Black dignity. Dignity in a world made for whiteness. Austin Channing Brown. And it, um, I mean, I, and it took like, okay, so here, I have one black kid in my school. Uh, I never knew what his experience was like, you know? Mm-hmm. I never even knew to think about it. Not necessarily ask him, like, what's it like to be black, but but just opening my mind up to that he would have a very different reality than mm-hmm. me. That he would have a very different lived experience. He does, and does yeah. He does. He will, it will always. Right. I mean, just by nature of us being in individual different bodies. Yes, we're gonna have a different that's experience. Where, so you asked me, that's where it started. Like it started with, you know, running your campaign, and mm-hmm. and I mean, I here's the thing. I knew of these terms in nebula, like kind of removed, but I didn't know until I met someone and listened to them. Mm-hmm. So this is a good question, too. We have uncomfortable conversations. But I came across your story just by happenstance because it ran your campaign and they kind of came up. But how is it is it appropriate and how should white people broach this with their friends of color? Because it's, you know what I mean? Like, it's a, it is an awkward conversation. You're not going to just sit down and say, how has your life experience been different? You know what I mean? Um, I think a part of growing a relationship with any one person, uh-huh. you will get to know their background. Yeah, yeah. I don't think you have to directly be like... How is your experience as right. a black person? Right. Or how's your experience? I don't think that that necessarily needs to happen unless a space has been created between the two yeah. for it to happen. So I will say too, because this is this is why I bring it up, is because I my first job I was a minority, um, working for the city of Cleveland, but I I still had no con- no no concept. None. Because those people weren't your friends. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, they were just co-workers. Not just, they were co-workers. I mean, but, and it's also not the appropriate space to talk about that. Unless you grew a relationship with one of them, right? Because right? that's what I'm saying. We became very close, and so it was like, oh, okay, wow. You know what I mean? Like, you raise your kids much differently than white people do. Because you have to. I got to. Right, you don't have a choice. And so that, you know, and then getting close to your kids was like, oh, my God, well, okay. Like, they love a different reality than my children will if I have them. You know what I mean? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, that's what I would say. I mean, it's like... it's Yeah, it's becoming I'm, close. It's obviously true. easier for the reverse. I mean, I think for non-white people to find a white person to have these conversations with. But it takes some work for white people to do that because of <laughs> what we were talking about today. Because of that, that, that it has been ingrained in you that you... Sh- 
I'm not saying all you, mm-hmm. but you shouldn't really have to extend that. Right. That, that you should just, you know everything. So why do you, what more do you need to know? I've literally had that question asked to me. Well, that no. or I've had people say, well, we had Barack Obama and look at Oprah. <laughs> you know everything. So what more? So That's it really is great getting out of that complex that... Like really, you know, and challenging life. when you feel anger or when you feel resistance to hearing someone share their story, just mm-hmm. sitting with that feeling and not getting mad at yourself that you're having that feeling, but just acknowledging that feeling is actually happening. Yes, because it will. If if you oh, are truly sick. doing what you, if you are truly affecting white supremacy and truly affecting racism, you're going to be triggered. You are going I mean, to be, everybody, I, we all. I still do this work and I get, angry is the wrong word, but I get defensive. Yeah. I get, to, because I have to admit, and I'm not trying to center whiteness, but it is hard to sit here sometimes and hear, oh my God, what white people have done mm-hmm. and what my, pe- and it makes me want to get defensive, you know, mm-hmm. but I don't, but I have to work on it. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like, I think people say, how do you do this? But it's like, I'm still triggered. Is tr- I'm not trying to make myself like I'm going through a lot I you know I don't want to get pity or I'm just saying that I experience reticence or anger like oh my god like how much can we shit on white people I mean truly you Mm -hmm. know and we and I want to get defensive and say look at what we've done but that's not the point in these conversations no it's that it is really is not the point because you can get validated through your school history right. books, you can get validated. <laughs> no, validated you get validated so many of it. That's the point of being in these spaces and being ready to have these conversations. Right. You, what did we say? I just posted something on Instagram. Oh, it was like something about don't, we're not asking white people to apologize for no. the past. I mean, that to you as a person of color, does that do anything? What is it going to do for right. me? Because you said that before. Nothing. I mean, oh, great. Do you feel better now that you apologize? Right. Because who's that apology? We really had that for? episode two of like white. What is it? Tears, something I don't remember. Yeah, white confessional. Yeah, whereas like we've got, we I've seen women do it to you where they're like, oh my god, you know, I'm so sorry, and you're like, sorry for what? Yeah, what'd you do? Right. So you're like, I mean, I'm glad you assuaged your own guilt. Yeah, but I mean, I but but also I think you come into these spaces and to give you an understanding of what I think as to why I think you we can do this is because you know that it is not a personal attack mm-hmm. on you. Yeah. And if it is, you got to check that. Like, why do you feel like this is personally attacking mm-hmm. you? And if you feel some type of way about it, then what are you going to do about it? Mm-hmm. If you don't like that this is the perception of things, then what are you going to do about it? Right? Mm-hmm. Because I am not wrong for my feelings, nor are you wrong for right. yours. That, that That is it. Our feelings are rooted in their own truths. But if if you realize that your feeling is not rooted in a real truth, or you realize that it's not rooted in a real truth, then what are you going to do about it? Yeah. And I think that's where that defensiveness, and not with you, but with, I mean, or I don't know but for you, but it's like, but I the mean, truth is this, this, and this. There are good white people, and there are, you know what I mean? Like, but that's not the but point, that's not, though. Again, you're, that's what I'm saying, is that yeah. you're able to come into the, play, the space and say, this is not necessarily a direct attack on Christina Kimbrough. Mm-hmm. Like, this is not, no one. It's not about me. And I think what white people, because we've grown up so used to everything being about us, we mm-hmm. we center ourselves in everything. Mm-hmm. And we all center of it's a our feelings. Yeah, we center our feelings, and even that's going to be triggering to some white people. Yeah, but I'm all right with it. <laughs>
Man, so, so I think we're at the end of this. Episode, I, we are. You? I de- yeah. We definitely are. I think we took a deep dive into what it is, where where it still lies, mm-hmm. and you know, I think my so what now what is familiarizing yourself with like it's still it's still something that's very prevalent today, mm-hmm. and and it still affects people of color. Yeah. And because of my white privilege that I wake up and have every day. I don't have to see it. You don't have to see it. And because I don't see it, doesn't mean it's not there. Yeah, but you you see it. Oh, of course, now I do. <laughs> but I did it before. I get you. Like, I know I've said, like, it's a very similar experience with being a woman. Um, you know, I've ex- shared experiences with men before of, like, like you know, just being catcalled or just how I'm afraid to go in spaces mm-hmm. by myself. And they're like, no, that's crazy. No way. That's And you're like... Okay, I get, or they'll say men aren't like that. And I'm like, I get that you don't see that. And I get that you don't see that. Ha- but that doesn't mean it's not happening to me. Absolutely. I agree. That's it's what the I'm saying. Same it's not thing a white... attack on you as no, a man. It's, exactly. It's and men will take it that way as in I'm attacking all men. It's not about that. It's mm-hmm. just about the fact that it still happens. Yeah. And charged white people speak up because when you hear racist things, you don't realize the detriment that it does. Yeah. Because change happens person to person. Yeah, person to person. I like that. Yeah. It's a personal journey. It is. I should like to say. It is. All right, my so what is that even though the Civil War ended legal white supremacy, <laughs> it is still prevalent. It's in and, yes. Yeah, it's still here. It's still in our institutions. And we need to recognize, accept, realize, and then do some, some do something about it. Pick your poison. There are so many different ways to influence uh, white supremacy in a way that it is not um, the only construct of our society. Like there are so many different ways as we kind of talk. It doesn't matter what your nationality is or whatever, you can affect white supremacy. But we do need uh, white folks to do a lot of, yeah. a lot of that. Okay. Now what? Um, I just don't think it's enough to say that it's bad. Like mm-hmm. I just said, you got to do something. Mm-hmm. We got to study it. We've got to understand that we that we have a history that is not something to necessarily be proud of on all fronts. I agree. Like in, until we get off the notion or let's get away from the notion that we have an amazingly great, unflawed history. The United form. States has a very flawed history. Which I, we want to do, white people want to do. Yeah. Because they're uncomfortable mm-hmm. saying, and I think you can hold in your hands what we've done wrong and what we've done right. Absolutely. You, know what you, I mean? I've you can point that. it out. That's what I'm saying. You can literally I mean, put like a, a finger on it. I mean, like a person, look, my husband, it's like a marriage. Like, my husband loves me for all that I am, my mistakes and the wonder, you know what I'm saying? Like, it's, I still love my country, but I, and I'm a, I consider myself a patriot, but and, but it doesn't mean that I can't acknowledge where it's gone wrong. Absolutely. And I'll leave with, uh, I found a quote okay. from one of the articles that we, um, you I read to by Nikki Brown. She mm-hmm. is an African-American history um, professor at the University of New Orleans. And she said, and I quote, <laughs> studying history, studying the history of white supremacy will help our country remember the true meaning of civil rights and it will show us as a nation how to remove not just the bullhorn and the tiki torch but also the law journal and medical textbook of those who actively seek to oppress others well 
So it's not just about them folks. What that power? Right. It's not just about that. It's about so much more. Right. I think that would be the whole theme of this. Yeah, it's more than just the tiki torches. Mm-hmm. Sign him. Oh, that's good. Yeah. So rate, review, and subscribe. <laughs> <laughs> that was not a great transition. But if you so what you got to do next? Oh, I want to plug this too. Because one of, I actually struggle sometimes uh-huh. um, putting the pieces together with how I teach my kids yeah. about these different contexts. I mean, these different subjects. So I follow this lady. Um, it's She's on Instagram. It's uh, at... Read like a rock star. Go follow her. And her name is uh, Naomi O'Brien, Naomi O'Brien. And she curates curriculum curriculum to kind of um, along the lines of social and racial justice. It's beautiful. I'm actually pulling her her stuff on cultural appropriation to use, but it goes beyond that because influencing these things is not just about identifying where white supremacy is identifying where you know um racism is it's about teaching kindness and appreciation and empathy and all these different things and she is a great i think person to kind of follow if you're looking for okay how do i put that into practice practice as a teacher how do i put that um into social studies how do i put that into um so like like, context she gives a lot of context yeah and she has all kinds of like worksheets and printouts and and i think she's all about she all together when you look at how she writes her curriculum meaning if you're you're a person who's in in that profession or you're like me i part-time teach my kids um or after school homeschool that's what my daughter calls it (laughs) um she gives you ways to be inclusive in just the way that you're putting the putting the pieces together for our citizens. Yeah. Okay. So you're on that. I will give another one. It's called on Instagram. No white saviors. It talks. It's. It talks a lot about it. Actually, the last episode of um, what is it called? White saviorism. But it's the same thing. It gives a lot of context to white people, and it gives a lot of history of white supremacy, of racism, and how we can, and this goes to what I was saying, is how we can remove ourselves and not white center everything. Yeah. yeah. So no white saviors. I think we should do that. Always add a follower. Who, I think so. Who do we follow to yeah. help us? Because, like, I really love this lady. I love it. In her curriculum. Yep. Yep, yep, yep. We, this is, we partake in a lot of stuff, so yeah. we'll share where we learn. We're yeah. constantly learning. Constantly. So, rate, real. And subscribe. Yes. Please. Right. Please don't underestimate if you if you support our work, and we know y'all do because we know you're listening. Uh, leaving a comment, a review, because it helps us get up in the algorithm in iTunes. Yes. So, Hooray for algorithms, right? I know the basics. <laughs> I can't tell you how the algorithms work. But. And challenge us. Yeah. We like it. You can email us always at yourneighborshood at gmail.com. True that. DM us on Instagram or Facebook. At your neighbor's hood. Yeah, on all of them. All of them, except for Twitter, where your neighbor's hood. One. One. Yeah. Someone else had your neighbor's hood, which is funny. Yeah. It's okay. All right. Well, thanks, guys. Uh, stay curious. And make it a great day. <laughs> What's this? Isn't that who used to do that, Nixon? Oh, Somebody did this. Do. That's actually really funny. Yeah.
I've never seen does that. that. I, I thought it was another Jackieism. No, I'll find out who does it. Okay. Cool. Stop.